This episode of Silly Talks About Science Fiction is brought to you by Frederick Douglass Brand History Books. Frederick Douglass keeps doing such wonderful things for this country, and I bet he sure keep will keep doing just that. Yeah, maybe you can read one sometime, President Asshole. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeff Gritman. And I'm Kristen Kiss. And we are the co-authors of a comedic science fiction book series called... Prison Dad! That's right, prisondad.com. Go on there, you can like us on Facebook and Twitter and so on and so forth. Like us! And, um, yeah, so there's, uh, some science fiction comedy books. And, um, there'll be an announcement on our website that on March 19th we'll be at the New Jersey Comic Con, New Jersey Shore Comic Con. Fun! I think I'm naming that correctly. I think so. There's information on our website and on Facebook. Yes. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Come meet us. It's like $5 to get in or something. It's Yeah, the gentleman that's organizing it seems really nice, yeah. so that'll be fun. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're pretty amped for that. Yeah. But this week we're here to talk about some of our favorite current um, African-American heroes and characters and actors. Yes, exactly, mm-hmm. because it's Black History Month mm-hmm. in February. Right at the tail end of, of Black History Month. I feel like... I feel like the first two weeks of February is a lot of Black History Month stuff, and then, like, the last two weeks, you're like, well, what happened? It's the whole month! Yeah, I, I think people need to understand that there's never enough. <laughs> That's a good point. it's really not covered, you know. Yeah, that's true. So, anywho... Let's start talking about John Boyega. Yeah, John Boyega, who we first saw in Attack the Block. Attack the Block is a awesome. brilliant movie. Really cool. Featuring Nick Frost. I think it was directed by Nick Frost, too. Yeah, so it takes place in, like, the, the British ghetto, and there's an alien invasion, right? He was fabulous in that. Um, and then we obviously know him more recently for his role in The Force Awakens, where he played Finn, and was adorable and hilarious as a stormtrooper who abandons his post um, because he doesn't want to kill people. I mean, you know, this is what he's been trained to do and brainwashed to do for all of his life, but when he sort of ends up in the battlefield the first time, he realizes this is not what he wants to do, and it's wrong to kill, so he finds a way to escape with the help of his new buddy, Poe Dameron, which I know there's a lot of internet speculation that the two of them are going to run off to a fire island, or maybe a pizza, I don't know. I'm not judging. <laughs> I love them both. So. I ser- I, I've said it before on this podcast that there's several times where I think that, um, I just think that that scene, like, someone's I'm going to watch it and they're just going to make out instead of just, like, that big bro Why hug. Not? It wasn't even, like, a double tap bro hug. You know? Yeah, like, they were one, so. Like one of these where you, you, you I no, just, no, double you know, tap. I don't do that stuff. I wasn't in a frat. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I was? I don't know. So, um, we left, we left Finn on such a cliffhanger. Right. I'm not, I'm not worried about spoiling The Force Awakens by now because it's... Been over a year. Yeah, come on. Star Wars people. Many, many times. Alright, so, we left him on a, on a a cliffhanger. You know, he's, he's, uh, you know, unconscious. He was attacked by Kylo Ren, you know. Yeah, that Kylo Ren. But Finn really, what I love about the character of Finn is that he went from being, you know... This is what we do. We're stormtroopers. This is what we do. So he really just found his own voice. You know, even like hit on Ray a little bit on the ship. You know, he's like, "Yo, boyfriend, your boyfriend." And um, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it was sort of supposed to be like analogous to the children soldiers in Africa. Oh, yeah, what, totally. What happened, you know, to to the the kids that were recruited 
um, you know, to be stormtroopers in this case, because I guess the clones have run out. I don't know, they didn't explain that part, but, but yeah, it's awesome that he goes from probably not really having any normal human contact in his life, because he was kidnapped as a child and sort of brainwashed into being a stormtrooper, but he still had enough of a moral compass to know that it was wrong to kill innocent people, and the first opportunity that he got to escape, he put himself at risk, and and Poe, yeah. um, to, to have a different life, you know, and, and right away he... To do the right friend. thing, that's right. what he says. I mean, he's just, he's very, in a very impressive and dynamic character, mm-hmm. which you don't see in movies a lot of the time, um, and, you know, you certainly don't see in characters who are not the main character of the story. Finn ever. is a giant component of, you know, there's so many people that say, oh, The Force Awakens was just a new hope over again. But you know what? Finn was a giant component of that story that didn't exist. The traitor. Totally. The, you know, I mean, obviously, he's, you know, the to completely turn your back on, you know, everything you've known your entire life. Right. To start something new. Yeah. Which Ray did it too, but, you know, Ray does echo Luke a lot, but Finn is in a completely different situation. And I, I still have issues with people say that it was just a new hope over again. Because I think it dealt with a lot of issues that you didn't see in a new hope, and there's so much history... That didn't exist when that movie came out. This is just, true. Yeah. And honestly, like, humans do the same things over and over again. Hmm. So if you don't like that, I don't know what to tell you. But anyway, on to the next. <laughs> I'm going to let Kristen say a lot of the names because I... Uh... So this, I've heard it pronounced Michonne. Um, um no, it's Michonne. Yeah. But uh, her um, oh, yeah. her real name is... D- uh... I, I would pronounce it Danae... Guira. Yeah. Or Guira. See, this is why I let you, the Dene English... Guira, I would say. The master of English. <laughs> the master of the English language. Yeah. No, that looks like Danae. Yeah. So, the, um, who plays Michonne? On The Walking Dead. Um, so she's the, a badass. So, the character has cool. changed a little bit from the comics uh, in, in regards to her backstory. But, you know, yeah, she, she with, with the sword, you know, like Max Brooks says in his books, you know... So, you know, blades do not need loading. Right. So, it's she's bad- really good with it. It's badass when she first shows up on the show with her two zombies in tow, and she's, like, ripped their jaws off mm-hmm. so that they're, like, there to protect her. Like, so cool. And their arms. So and they their can't arms, yeah, they can't hurt her. Like, that's metal. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was pretty much shot by shot, you know, from the book, like, to the translated to the screen. Like, when, when that happened outside of the prison, you know, when she, when she was there with Andrea. Like, that was great. Like, it's not Andrea who she's saving in the in the, um, in the the book, but it worked out great for the TV show. Well, they had to do some changes for the mm-hmm. TV show, but but she's, like, really interesting. I mean, I have not watched all of the episodes of The Walking Dead since she's been on it, but um, I did. I have seen... Um, her in several different episodes, and I've seen flashbacks to her life before yeah. the virus I mean, I, took everybody over. And she's a really cool, dynamic, interesting character. She's so smart. Um, I guess she was she was like a school teacher before, and she was married. And um, oh, now I'm drawing a blank. She's a lawyer in one of the in one of them. Uh oh. But anyway, she had, like, a regular career before and was married and had a nice home. Two kids? Two Um, daughters? Yeah, and then, you know, she ends up in this post-apocalyptic situation where she just has to learn to survive, and she does. And it changes people. And it, she thrives. She she really does. And she like, a super badass, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and finds ways to protect herself in a fight, and 
still, but still is human, you know, like still manages to create friendships and care about people, which again is rare in that world. Right. She's very soft-spoken in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Keeps to herself. And then, you know, as time goes on, she's really becomes a, a really good team player, a vital part of the group. And Rick's lady. Yeah. Banging Rick. <laughs> Michonne definitely gets, um, is, is definitely very cool. Now, the, the next one we'll talk about was my favorite part of um, Captain America Civil War, which was uh, Chad Bozeman, Chad or Chadwick Bozeman's um, mm -hmm. interpretation of, uh, of the Black Panther character. Right. So. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought he was great. Um, now, you didn't know that, you didn't know that he that Charles was black. He was the Black Panther. Like when I sit next to you, when he took no. his mask off. See, I knew. I knew that's what he was. So I knew his father. When his father died, that's why he suits up. So like, but you, it was great. Like sitting next to you, and you, yeah, like, when he took a mask off, like, like you're like you're like, oh, it was him. Yeah, so that was like it was cool to hear that. Like that they and they set it up that way. If you hadn't read the comics, that you sort of maybe wouldn't know, mm -hmm. but it totally makes sense. And it to me, I, I really like that whole storyline. It was so interesting because his father was fighting for peace and understanding, you know, in a in a crazy world, which is kind of exactly like the world we live in now. Um, and he was killed tragically and accidentally in a situation where the Avengers were trying to stop it, greater evil, you know. But his son sort of had a lot of anger and angst about that but it's so cool in that movie how he has a full character arc because at the end when he confronts the guy who was trying to turn Tony and Cap against each other he sort of understands like this is where my life could go if I kept following the path of being angry and wanting vengeance I can't do that and it was really cool like I think it was really cool because he sort of started out from a place where he was very angry you know, when he was talking to Black Widow and, and wanting to, to do something to avenge his father's death to the point where he gets to the end and he's like, I can be an Avenger, but this is not what I want to focus on. Like, I have to focus on the good of humanity like his father did, which was mm. really cool. Um, I like I like the dimension to his character. and Plus, he's a total badass, and he's kind of funny. You know, like when um, Hawkeye's introducing himself and he's like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was That was, yeah... That part was great. The fight scenes were great, which probably weren't him anyway. But the character—we're here to talk about character yeah, and, right. and and actor as well. Right. Um, you know the idea of Black Panther, the history, the lineage of the, of the character. Um, they just made him just so badass on the screen. Mm -hmm. You know the suit looked great. Um, you know right. the scratches on Cap's shield, you know, being symbolic, and you know Cap knew immediately that this the whole suit was made out of the same metal that his shield's made out of, and yeah, you know. You know, it's an interesting context, too, to sort of na use that name Black Panther, um, because obviously that referred to, in the 70s, a very strong movement by... Well, that's when the character came out. Right, yeah. and so, but it's cool that it's having a resurgence now, you know, yeah. especially, you know, Beyonce did her formation thing at the Super Bowl last year, which got a lot of people riled up, but I think it's important to, to talk about, you know, African-American issues and and the things that they have to face. So mm -hmm. it's kind of cool to have a character come back that has that in your face name. Mm -hmm. Like, think about what we have to go through. Wakanda is a very advanced civilization, too, um, compared to, you know, maybe a lot of other parts of, of Africa. So that's something that's that's pretty neat, too. So we'll see all that next year. Mm -hmm. We'll see the solo Black Panther movie next year. And more than likely, he'll probably be in the Infinity War movie also that it's coming out next year the new avengers movie is coming yeah, out next which year which is 
pretty Which cool. he's, like, rumored at the, at this time. It's, like, February 2016, in case you're listening to this, like... Ooh. It's 17, 2017. Yeah. <laughs> in case you're listening to this, like, three years from now, and they're like, like, there's been four Black Panther movies by now. What are you talking about? Uh, so, um, Don Cheadle we'll talk about next. Oh, yeah, Don Cheadle's awesome. I loved him in Boogie Nights, so yeah. it's really, really fun to see him be, like, an action hero. Hotel Rwanda he's such a, Yeah, oh, my God, that was such a heartbreaking movie. I own that movie. Um, That's really good. Yeah, I, I was an immigration attorney for a little bit while I was in law school, and one of my clients was stuff was in the Rwandan genocide she survived. Yeah, I remember you telling me that's great. And yeah. It, well, it's yeah. great she survived. It's not great Thank she Thank God, but I mean, that's such a horrible thing that happened in the world and um, he was phenomenal in that and then it's so much fun to watch him play an action hero. Yeah. So, Rhodes, um, you know, because it was Terrence Howard in Iron Man 1 and then for some, whatever reason, Don Cheadle took over the role. You know, there's so many rumors it's like, oh, Marvel wrote him out. And, you know, so on and, and, and so forth with, um, you know, with the, with the change of the actor. But Don Cheadle really rocks it. I mean, like, I loved in the second one when he, like, you know, he had to give up his password. And Tony's like, what's the password? Yeah. He's like, it's a, a, a War Machine rocks all X's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love Don Or no, I think it was Iron Man 3, sorry. Because I, I really feel like he brings, like, a vulnerability to every role that he's in. Um, and I just, you know, he's, he just seems like a, like a real person, like a real well-rounded sort of, he has a heart and he's afraid and he can show those things while still just being, you know, strong. Um, and I, and I think he's, he's so lovely as Tony's sort of best friend and counterpart. Um, and he adds a lot of heart to, to the Marvel universe in his portrayal of the war machine. And when he gets hurt... In Civil War, and you know Tony's helping him sort of to recuperate at the end. You know, it just it really shows that how strong he is that he's gonna pick himself up and keep going. And you know, he just sort of sees it as a it really sucks what happened to him, but he's not gonna give up. And and I think that's a really brave message, especially for a lot of the soldiers in our country who have to deal with that every day and maybe don't get to see themselves represented on the big screen. It's kind of cool. And we have to remember that when they were talking about uh, a fallen pilot with back injuries in the beginning of the Doctor Strange movie, they're not talking about um, the Iron Patriot Don Cheadle character because they said the pilot was in his 30s and Don Cheadle was much older than that. Mmm, so. yeah. So just something to, you know, someone, I was talking to somebody the other day and they're like, oh, but they mentioned him in Doctor Strange. I'm like, nope. Nope. Unless it's like Hollywood aging. Which always makes men younger than they are, and women, like, way older. <laughs> uh, Anthony Mackie we've now seen also in several MCU uh, films, too, as Falcon. Yeah, that's so, a fun character. So Falcon is, I think, actually, Falcon's from the 60s, I want to say. You probably had a real Falcon, then, not a motor. He had wings. He had actual wings that he flapped, and he had a, yeah, he had, he had an actual Falcon. Yeah. Like the Falconer! That old SNL scene. I know, I know exactly what you That's mean. Pretty yeah. Funny. <laughs> um, no, definitely updated Falcon for the new new generation. Yeah, no, totally. Um, all the tech he has. The the other Falcon didn't have any of that tech at all. Yeah, and like when he's like telling Scarlett Johansson to say thank you, and she's like, "I'm not talking to that." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the case, what well, this is great. That's pretty funny. Uh, I love when they recreate and like Winter Soldier's still my favorite. 
um, of the MCU movies, and um, when they recreated that classic scene between Falcon and uh, and Captain America, when they were where they were falling and they, were, they grabbed each other like by the hand and they're falling off the the carrier, mm-hmm. so that was like that's like a classic scene. So it was so cool to see it. Like that's like a classic cover. I, recreated. I, I really like the scene where um, Captain America was running and he like pulls over in his car and they talk about like the difference, like all the things that he missed. When he was like, made the frozen. list, yeah, yeah, like that was really funny and sweet. Like Star like Trek, that. where Star Wars is on there, right? And, like, yeah, um, but they have a lot of lovely moments, and he's a cool character. He he had a, so many better lines um, in in Civil War, like when he was like, you know, I hate you to the Winter Soldier. You know, yeah, like a couple a times, time. he's like, "Can you well, move your seat he was, up?" He was Cap's no. best friend until Winter Soldier showed up, and he was like, "Well, yeah, yeah, kind he's of kind of a little yeah, bit, exactly." You know, for poor Bucky, who's just so damaged. <laughs> Bucky is, uh, yeah, he's, he's pretty hurt, but you know, but he's going out of his way to to help Cap out. You know, becoming an enemy of the state and and everything. So yeah. Um, so the last we saw him was, you know, he was, he was broken out of the raft. So who knows where he is, because he wasn't with, you know, Cap broke him out, but Cap is in Wakandia. But we don't know where he is. Avengers are separated. Yeah. As they've told us, they have to be for Infinity Wars. Exactly. Which is going to be so awesome, you guys. Like, if you haven't gone and watched that, that like, teaser that, like, trailer one thing. one minute teaser. Oh my god, it's so amazing. There's a one-minute teaser for that, but yet we have not seen anything from Ragnarok at this point. Yeah, that's true. I bet you what's, what's out next, um, Guardians. The Ragnarok trailer will be with Guardians. With Guardians, which is going to be amazing because I just can't even wait to see Baby Groot. More Baby Groot. I have a feeling like Guardians is going to be like, not Guardians, um, uh, Ragnarok's going to be like 90% CG, which is why it's taking so long to see something. Probably, cause they, yeah, because they want to make sure everything's like perfected. Do you think Anthony Hopkins is going to be in it at all? I mean, because, like, he's the dad, but... Well, the last we saw... Loki was pretending to be him. And and the Doctor Strange post-credits scene, you know, Thor's like, you know, I'm looking for Odin. So Thor knows he's missing. But, yeah, but I'm just wondering, like, do you think he's actually going to be in it or not? I mean, Anthony Hopkins is still killing it. We're going to talk about Westworld in a little bit for some of the characters there, but, like, damn, that man... He right. still is so intense and interesting to watch. I agree. I agree. But anyway, we are going to keep talking about our favorite um, African-American heroes. We're going to talk next about the amazing Luke Cage. Yeah, Luke Cage. Which was such a cool show on Michael Netflix. Coulter. Um, yeah, and so we, we got first introduced to uh, you know, the modern-day Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Which was awesome. They were having a little spicy love affair. <laughs> little. Good time. I not believe they didn't break the building down. I know, the two of them. Oh, uh, that was hot, you know, for like, you know, Marvel, Disney. Yeah, it was a little too That was intense. Of, well, was like, oh, oh my. So that um, was that was pretty cool. There were so many cool things about Jessica Jones, so though. Because you know, you knew they were going to have to fight each other. Yeah. And they both have like super strength, so it was like. And, ooh, yeah, she like had a. Yeah, at the end of that, what happens with them is pretty brutal. Yeah. And not to mention they also broke each other's hearts, but. Yeah. Um, but then Luke Cage came back, right? And so he was cleaning up the streets of Harlem. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, with uh, the night nurse. We still aren't sure if that's Rosario Dawson or... Amy Adams. Yep. Um, but 
but really cool show, and, and I think it brought to light a lot of issues and, and, you know, situations that are going on still in the African-American community um, with people taking advantage mm-hmm. of their brothers and sisters to move ahead and, you know, the, still the issues that go on with racism in the country. Luke Cage um, was, it was a great looking show as far as effects, as far as the clothes, as far as the streets, as far as... Every detail was just so well done in the show. And, and I loved like, when he said, sweet Christmas. <laughs> I like how they didn't bring it until about, like, halfway through. Yeah. And then he said it, like, every episode from, like, there on out. But, like, yeah, how his hoodies would be destroyed because he'd get shot and he would heal, but, like, the hoodies would still be ripped. And, yeah, and what he went through to become who he was, like, ugh, and then to heal from some of the injuries that he had in the show was, like, brutal. brutal. But... He's such a good man. You know, like, at the end of the day, he just, he really wants to be a good man and be there for other people and be a good example and try to make the world a better place, which is really admirable. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, great. And it's a great foil to the villains on the show. So they have sort of the the woman who's involved in politics, uh, Mariah, and she is so corrupt and evil and twisted, and she was a part of, you know, a family that had ties to, well, it wasn't originally drugs, but that it was more like a mob type thing, but it went into money. drugs later on, but about money. Dirty money. Dirty money and killing people in their own community to, to make a profit. Um, she was kind of cold and unfeeling and even to the point where she takes her own cousin out when you know he doesn't do exactly what she wants and, and sort of like allows this other evil player yeah, to just kind of swoop in and, and, and take in. over. He has his own relationship with Luke, which you find out yeah. through the season, and it's a complicated backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we end on um, on an interesting note. We know we're going to see Luke Cage for the Defenders, and right. now we know also that there's going to be a Luke Cage season two, which That'd is be uh, fun. yeah, which is pretty cool. So we, that was announced. That that's pretty neat. Keep we know cleaning up the streets, right? Yeah. So we know Iron Fist is coming soon in a couple weeks. Um, then Defenders. And then we don't know what's coming next. Is it the new season of Jessica Jones or the new season of Daredevil coming on next? I think to be fair, it would probably need to be Jessica Jones. No, it feels like a long time since sense. she's been on. But I well, don't watch Jessica Daredevil. Jones. Started didn't that start when Luke? Like, well, didn't Luke Cage fill her spot? I don't know. I don't remember. Well, we yeah. Defenders we is gonna. Later. The Defenders is going to come into the spot that Luke Cage had. Okay. So there's gonna be like two MCU Netflix shows a year. One in, like, March and, like, one in September. So, that's how it's been. Because that's the thing. I don't remember if we talked about this or not, but there's going to be three Marvel movies this year in the theaters. Yeah. That's a first. Mm-hmm. So, that's that's also crazy. But, um, anyway, Luke Cage, really cool show if you haven't gotten a chance to watch it. And, um, you know, it's different. We have two more Marvel characters to talk about. First is Mordo, um, which is, oh, jeez. Chuitil Ejiofor? Yeah, I think it's Chuitil Ejiofor. I'm sorry, man, if you hear this. <laughs> yeah, you're a fabulous actor. So we, we also, we, we first saw him movies. in um, Z for Zachariah. Yeah. Which is ju- it's just him, uh, Chris Pine, and Margot... Uh, Robbie. Margot Robbie, who right. is uh, uh, Harley Quinn. Yep. Yeah. So, they're the only three people in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, because that's some uh, super sci-fi cred you got there. Apocalypse. Yeah, <laughs> there's like nobody left. But he was awesome. Like he was like a nice guy. He's like a scientist. He, like showed up. He was about to like drink infected water when she finds him, and 
irradiated water and um, right, you know the friendship. To survive. Mm -hmm. And Chris Pine shows up acting like a rock star. Yeah. So, um, great movie, though. Great, uh, yeah. out outstanding movie. I'd love really to watch it again sometime. Really good, subtle performances. Like, really well done for, like, the whole, the whole setting was subtle. It wasn't over the top. Like, you don't see blood and gore, but you know people are dead. Like, everybody did such a great job of sort of really conveying, like, the anger and violence without really being angry or violent. If you're looking for, like, really a fast-paced cool. action movie, this is not for you. But if you like a sci-fi movie, that'll stick with you. And make you think a little yeah. bit. Yeah, because it is really an interesting situation to be in. Like, there's two men and one woman left of the world. What do you What do you do? Right? It's pretty cool. It's no, it's not I would hope so. Um, I'm a doggy, but you know. But yeah, anyway, he is in Doctor Strange, and he's a really cool, dynamic character in Doctor Strange. He's a good guy for most of it. For most of it, but then he totally gets disenfranchised with, um, you know, what happens with the the ancient one. To the ancient one, um, and and what she actually was doing to continue to be the ancient one, right. he gets totally disenfranchised with that, and and decides to strike out on his own, um, to somewhat depressing results. But now he's gonna maybe be, I guess. The, I think he's gonna be the next. Man. He'll be the bad guy probably in Doctor Strange too. Right, which is pretty scary because he spent all this time studying under the ancient one, and he understands so much about you know, being able to play with space-time continuum and yeah. and to travel, and so he's very powerful. He's going to be a really good adversary for... Yeah. It's interesting what kind of followers he'll have because he's really trying to rid the world of magic in some regards. Right. Um, by kind of taking it, you know? Mm -hmm. So He doesn't like what people have used it to do, so right. he wants to eradicate it. Yeah, he's kind of going about things the wrong way. <laughs> but that's what happens when people get... Yeah, when they lose their way and get disenfranchised with people they believed in, you know. But it's pretty cool. It's, it'll be interesting to see what he does next. His character arc. Yeah. All right. That's enough of Marvel. we got a couple other shows we want to talk about. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is uh, Clive uh, from iZombie. His name's uh, Malcolm Goodwin. What I love... Oh, shoot. I forgot about Idris Elba. Okay, we'll talk about Idris Elba quick. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he was in the Thor movies in the first Avengers movie, uh, Herndal. We, we feel like we'll see him in, um, in the, the new, in Ragnarok this fall. Mm -hmm. So he's the gatekeeper. He's very wise. Very yeah, and, and sort of like kind of calm and laid back a little bit. Like he's sort of there to like regulate and be like, this is how it is. But he sees everything. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah. He was also in Star Trek this this year too. Right, yeah. yeah. He's got uh, some other sci-fi credit too under his belt. Although he was probably a little bit unrecognizable because yeah. he was very costumed. Well, at the end he like true at yeah, the end. Back to his, yeah, went back to his real form, which was a soldier, which is another really cool storyline. Yeah, very sad about the like, soldier without the war. Feel, yeah, mm -hmm. how you feel totally lost if that's what you've lived your life for, and what do you do with it when right. the war's done, or when you can't be in the war anymore? Right, exactly. Really interesting. Uh, I've never seen an episode of Luther, though. Everyone has told me it's a fantastic show on the BBC. That's like, yeah, that's like where okay. he's, he's like from. Yeah. Cool. So I, I hear it's a great show. I just... There's only so many hours in the day. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, so what I was saying before, uh, skipped one, was, um, yeah, Clive from uh, iZombie. What I love about Malcolm Goodwin's character is that he is just convinced that Liv is just a psychic, 
and that she just helps him with every single case. I mean, he doesn't really solve a lot on his own. He really relies on her to do everything. Um, but he's got this wit and charm, and he's always curious. He's got to know what's going on uh, at all times. So there, there's so many, there's so many different things about him. That's uh, that's pretty neat. Are you going to say also that... Yeah, I just wanted to throw in, I'm sorry, <laughs> I was okay. thinking about this before we finish with Idris Elba, he's going to be playing Roland in the Dark Tower series, yes, which is going to be so, so effing cool. I love those books, and um, I love that they've interpreted Roland this way, yeah. um, and that Matthew McConaughey is the, the dark the dark man. Yeah. That's really cool, so I can't, I cannot wait to see that. You can see all the miles. Yes, I, can't, I cannot you wait can to call see that. It's going to be so cool. Um, you know, just really good storytelling, and Roland is such a cool character to dig your teeth into. He's kind of like a cowboy, you know, but in the future. Just so that's, just throwing that out there. He, it's not out there yet, but he's going to be awesome in that. When does that come out? July 28th, 2017. I can't believe that, that this, that's this year. I think. That's yeah. crazy. Well, it was already on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, that's true, too. So, but yeah, I'm so amped for this. Yeah, that was one of the first Stephen King books I ever read. The yeah. Stand was definitely the first one. My brother had a whole bunch. I think I read like Stand, like Needful Things, and then I read The Dark Tower. You want to talk about your Vampire Diary show? Oh yeah, sure. So, you're, um, like you're the only one who watches it. I'm so. I know. <laughs> I no, know so that. I love the Vampire Diaries on the CW. Um, I've been watching it since the beginning. I'm excited um, that they've had such a good run. I'm sad to see it go, but I'm also glad that they're doing that before they jump the shark or have Dean get killed fifty thousand times. Just kidding. That's super. <laughs> cool. um, but there's a really cool character named Bonnie Bennett played by Kat Graham, who's actually a singer as well as an actress, um, and she is a witch. Um, she is best friends with Carolyn and Elena. Um, Elena was the main character on The Vampire Diaries for almost the whole show, but except not the last few seasons. Um, obviously, everybody that watches it knows that, because Nina Dobrev left to work on movies, but she's going to be back for a couple episodes this season while it closes out the series, which is pretty cool. Um, is this a show still on for that? I don't know. I was watching that for a while, um, and it was cool because it took place in New Orleans, and it really looked like New Orleans, but I stopped taping it, so I'm not entirely sure. I'm sorry, it's not taping, it's DVRing, if it's still on, but it was called The Originals, um, a spinoff show about uh, the vampires that, that caused Damon and Stefan to come into existence. But anyway, so Bonnie Bennett, really cool character. She's a witch. Her grandma was a witch. Um, and she has her powers from her grandma. She didn't really know her mom and dad growing up. Her grandma raised her. Um, and she's sort of learning that she is a witch, as Elena is learning that her boyfriend is a vampire. Um, but Bonnie very quickly develops her powers and, ha and is instrumental in almost every big adventure that the, that the group has to deal with. Um, she is not immortal, so um, a lot of times her life is imperiled. Um, and the big twist a couple seasons ago was that, um, you know, Elena was sort of put into a sleep by Damon and Stefan's mother, and um, she can only wake up when Bonnie would die. So Damon's sort of left without his love, but at the same time, Bonnie is one of her best friends, so he has to protect her, which is a really cool storyline. Um, and Bonnie's a cool witch. You know, she really has to put herself out there um, physically and emotionally and mentally. She's been put in some really crazy situations. She had to spend a whole season almost in, like, a purgatory-type type situation where they were stuck in 
the same day over and over again in the 1990s um, because of some trouble that Damon had gotten them into. Um, but she is really brave. She's a loyal friend. Um, she's a very caring person, and she really tries to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Um, so, you know, if you haven't checked The Vampire Diaries out, it's not just a corny chick show. It really isn't. The writing is really good. It blows true blood out of the water. Um, and Bonnie's a really cool character, and I always hope the best for her. So, it's Bonnie Bennett. Well, that was fun. I held back making several supernatural jokes. The whole time. Yeah, there aren't really. <laughs> we were trying to think if there was any like if there are any like main characters on Supernatural that we could mention for this, and like death last season was Af well, and part of the season was an African American woman that wanted to kill yeah. Sam and Dean, but Sam and Dean have both been dead so many times. Screw that really show, sure seriously. <laughs> I'm so so. I, I'm like five years. I'm like. I've been clean. Like, hi, my name's Jeff. It's been five years since I watched an episode of Supernatural. You know what? And it feels good, and it was one of the best decisions I ever made. Uh, as far as television goes. I need to know what happens. <laughs> Alright, let's talk about Game of Thrones. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Game of Thrones is another show that's prob probably could up its diversity quotient. <laughs> but there are a couple of standout characters that we want to make sure we mentioned. Um, first of those is Missandei, played by Natalie Emanuel. Um, she is sort of the right-hand woman of Daenerys, and she speaks many languages. Many, many languages. was a slave in her prior incarnation until Daenerys freed her. Um, at the same time that she freed Missandei, she freed Grey Worm, who is the other African-American character we were going to feature on our show today, who is played by Jacob Anderson. Um, and the two of them have an unusual relationship. It's sort of romantic, but obviously Grey Worm is a eunuch. So he is not going to get married and procreate. He's a soldier. Um, but he doesn't have his parts. So. No. <laughs> but he still seems to be in love. I feel like they're Sandy. in love. Yeah. And she is, at the very least, his best friend. I think she's got her head in the game. She's really focused on her job right now and making sure Daenerys is safe. But she does have a soft spot for him. So, um, but it's really been cool to watch them develop. Um, I think she's a really cool character and a super badass girl. Um, you know, she put up with a lot of crap in her previous job. Yeah. And now she's getting the respect that she deserved, and Danny trusts her, um, with good reason. And Sandy's really bright and very quick, um, and she not only has language skills, but, you know, is really able to sort of see... She trusts her gut, and she's good at, at sort of warning Danny when trouble's coming in a way that some of her other advisors can't really appreciate. So, um, she's super cool, and Grey Worm is so loyal. Yeah, he is. Um, and he really is brave, um, and he's a great character, too. Very heartbreaking, because he was so young as well when he got sort of drafted into this military situation. Um, and, and yeah, it was, it was like slave. Yeah. yeah, and it was chosen for him that he would, f you know, fight for these royal people and never have his own chance at a life or a family. But um, he's a great guy, really interesting character. So it's Game of Thrones. Maybe yeah. they want to add some spice in there. I don't know, but <laughs> probably a little too late. So there'll be one more season of Game of Thrones this year. Yeah. And then they're going to have a spin off, which, let's face it, about 
25% of the people who watch Game of Thrones will watch the spin-off, and it'll only be about 25% as good, because, you know. It's not, it's not George doing his thing. Which, I don't know if he's ever going to finish his book now. Someone was telling me the other day that I heard that he feels too. like, yeah, that, that HBO has done its thing, and he's just going to let them finish it out, and he's going to, like, let it go. So probably disappoint a lot of fans. But at the same time, like, once somebody else has told your story, Jeff knows how I feel about that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like knowing the ending. I don't like having everything flushed out, because then it t- totally takes the excitement of writing out for me, so. Yeah, but see, I like the ending. Because then I, it's how you get there. The journey. Like Lord of the Rings. You know the ring. They're, you know they're going to destroy the ring. But how do they destroy it? How do they get there? Let me tell you a tale that takes nine hours. <laughs> there once was a... Nope, I'm not going to do it. Fly, you fools. What? What did he mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Westworld is yeah. awesome. We did a Westworld podcast a couple weeks ago. Yeah, what a great show. We actually recorded it even a couple weeks before that, but then we had other ideas. <laughs> we kept right. pushing it off. Ideas. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Westworld had some really great African-American characters. Uh, first we're going to talk about is Bernard. It's right? Jeffrey Wright. So he was uh, also in The Hunger Games, which is um, where yeah, I, yeah. I noticed he him from. great as uh, Beattie, who was, was. Yep, helping... To destroy the um, the second Hunger Games that Katniss was forced mm-hmm. to go through, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, he's sort of the right hand man of the man who comes up with all the ideas used for the park. Yeah, right. And um, but you know, he's a very interesting character. Yeah, um, as the season goes on, he seemed like okay, put that because there's so much more to him. You know, if you watch right. the show, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't watch the show, we don't want to give it away. There's so much more to him than, than what, what's on the surface. And once that's revealed to you, and you look back here, and everything else is like so cool that it comes into place. Yeah. Maeve is the other one we want to talk about. Maeve is played Fandy by Fandy Newton. She and was in, on ER and mm-hmm. tons of other things. Um, in the those Tom Cruise movies, Mission Impossible. She played one of his love interests on, on those movies. Um, but she's awesome in this. She plays a one of the robots who is, her job is to be basically a prostitute at this bar called the Mariposa. Um, and she's the madam, so she runs it, but she's also a prostitute. But throughout the season, she's also having flashbacks to a different life where she was a mom. Um, and it's she's a really cool character. You get to sort of see her change and grow over the season and, and to you know really this isn't really acting. too much of a spoiler because you find out pretty quick but she she becomes self-aware pretty quickly right and seeing her you know realize through the two lifetimes and and everything else that she really you know is picking up on it's like really cool yeah and the acting on the show is amazing like, yes. I was literally in awe of, like, how people could just go from one emotion to the other in a matter of seconds. And they're playing robots. They're not playing people, which has to be so hard to sort of suspend your own internal reactions to things. Um, so just really impressive and great rating on the show. Um, but, yeah, Maeve is definitely a standout character. Really cool dynamic. Has to go through a lot of painful stuff. Um and it's cool. It's really cool to see a woman get such a meaty role. Yeah. And especially an African-American woman, so. Very cool. I want to talk about three of my favorites from the Arrowverse on the CW real quick. 
Uh, and that would be, the first one is Iris and Joe West, who, um, Joe is played by Jesse Martin, and Iris is played by Candy Patton. Uh, what I love about their characters is that they're, they're Barry's adopted family. So, you know, Barry, you know, he's pretty much became a, you know, forensic analyst for the police because he grew up with Joe. Iris is a reporter who Barry's in love with her, but at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, his adopted sister, um... They're you know, making a go of it now, living together. Good for them. But one of my favorite episodes in the first season was when, you know, she told Barry how she felt about him. And then for him to fix something, he had to go back in time and change something. And when we got back to the present, it never happened. So it was uh, utterly heartbreaking. I love the, I love the characters, though. I, I love Irish and Joe. Um, Joe is just such a great father figure. Uh, they're 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 just amazing. Now the third one is on Arrow. John Diggle, played by Dave Ramsey. I like Diggle from the beginning when he was assigned to be Oliver's uh, bodyguard, and he was the only person that uh, Oliver could not fool every single time. That was pretty cool. And then as soon as he learned he was the Arrow, you know, he just wanted to fight alongside of him all the time. So it was kind of weird this season how Diggle wasn't really around that much in the beginning, but now he seems to be back and, and things are good. So, I love me some Arrowverse, all four shows, I watch them constantly. It's good stuff. So, we have one more on our list. Yes, we had some back and forth about including this one, but I felt like we had to at least provide an honorable mention. Um, Uhura, who obviously was African American in the original incarnation, mm, and cool. mm. and is intentionally supposed to be an African-American in this, too, but is played by Zoe Saldana, who had some, you know, heat for portraying an African-American in the Nina Simone biopic. Uh, people did not like that, and I have to say it was a little off-putting for me as well, because they put her in blackface and changed her nose so that she looked more like Nina Simone, and, you know, there probably were some African-American act- actresses out there who could have done that role. Well, Zoe Sandel's nationality is that she is Dominican and, and Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican, that was it, yeah. So, she's beautiful, super talented, and I don't mean to take anything away from her acting um, prowess. She's, I think she's phenomenal. She has so much sci-fi credit, it's not even funny. She does. Yeah, Avatar, Star Trek, Guardians of the Galaxy... Yeah, she's fantastic, and she's a really great actress, and I think she's, you know, a strong woman. Um, we, we just had a little back and forth, because we don't want to be disrespectful, um, but I felt like we had at least mentioned it because Aurora is supposed to be an African-American character. And she know. was the first, you know, one of the first, like, you know... Right, like, main character in a show mm-hmm. who's African-American. They had the first, first interracial kiss. kiss yeah, yeah, like, super cool, so you kind of have to mention her. Um, I think Zoe did a great job in the movies as well. Um, she's a beautiful girl, really great actress, really brings a lot of gravitas to every role she plays. Yeah, she nails it. But, um, she's great. Yeah. So, and Hura's just a really cool character, too. I love that it's like a team of guys, but then there's like the really smart girl. Remind me. You know? Right, exactly. Who is, was portrayed on the London stage by an African-American girl in the play that they did for The Cursed Child, which is super cool. That's pretty neat. Yeah. How progressive. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Well, that's our tribute. So, um, happy Black History Month. And, um, 
you know, I encourage everyone to continue to learn more about, you know, African-American actors and African-American history, and um, especially the president. <laughs> he seems really clueless on that, and it's very disrespectful and bizarre. Oh, it, it, everything is well, bizarre. Anyway. We are living in a bizarre <laughs> world. So until next week, you know, go to our website, prisondad.com. You, know, you can like us on Facebook. You can like us on Twitter from there. You can uh, check out our upcoming events. Um, you know, we have, we have one in the works, but come on, it's like still winter. Yeah, we're we're working. Yeah. We're writing some cool new stories. I think you guys will really like. We got some new um, ninety nine cents. We didn't stories. do a shout out to our favorite character on our books, uh, Franny, who's yeah. an awesome African American character. We'd love to hear what you guys think of him. Franny we lives Franny. in a uh, you know he lives in the trailer park with uh, with Jed. He grew up there. You know he loves his mom. He's in an open relationship with his girl. He's always there for his friends. He's smart, mm-hmm. and funny, and classy. He's a uh, Good with the, the electronics and the technology. He is. Franny's a great guy. Yeah. So I'm glad. I'm proud to write about him every week. No, that's good stuff. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Prisondad.com. Check our stuff out and uh, or the yep. podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk to you next week when we talk about stuff, something, things. Yeah, you think we really put Rick's a lot? Hat. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Thanks, everybody.